I just want to say, first of all, thank you to all of those that joined with us to do the uh, Christmas in our town. Uh, this year, we were able to provide gifts for 55 children. Uh, so, yeah. We were uh, yesterday having the wonderful opportunity to pass all of those gifts out to uh, the parents as they came. Uh, we also passed out uh, wrapping paper and those kind of things. So it was uh, just a wonderful time of, of uh, helping parents and hopefully kids soon to have a wonderful Christmas. So uh, again, thank you to all of those that took an aim and participated in that and helped us uh, do that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter... One, please. We're actually going to be in Luke chapter 2, but we're going to start in chapter 1 today. As we have been doing the last few weeks, we've been talking about the um, Emmanuel, God with us. It's been our series, our Christmas series that we have been doing. It's a uh, been a journey for us finding why it matters that God is with us here today. And as I've said before, and I'll say again today, it does matter that God was with us, and that God chose to be with us, and that God is with us. It matters uh, very much so that he chose in that path to be with us, to come down to this earth. He didn't have to. His choice was, he had many other ways and choice to do things, but the best way that he could serve and help us was to be here on this earth. And so we find in Luke chapter 1, the whole story of John the Baptist, and we find Mary uh, and her interactions with the angel and how the angel uh, came down and told her that she was going to have this child and how Mary accepted the, uh, this honor and this walk. And it's a wonderful, wonderful story in each rite. But then we find in Luke chapter 2 how the birth of Jesus Christ came to be. Today's story is one of my favorite stories to tell. I love the story of the shepherds. The shepherds are amazing in their own rights. And we find uh, in the shepherds this wonderful story of how they came. But how the shepherds responded is more important than anything else. You know, we hear about Jesus, we hear about Mary, we know how Mary had this interaction with the angel, we hear about Joseph who was going to divorce his divorce Mary quietly and going to walk away from that relationship and, and choose not to go into this, and then the angel visited Joseph, in the middle of a dream, and changed his complete mind. He threw away everything and decided that he was going to follow what God had called him to do. Each one of these stories of the birth of Christ isn't just a wonderful story of a baby being born in a manger, but it is about a story how someone was obedient and willing to follow what God had asked them to do. Do you understand that Zechariah, the very when we first started this a few weeks ago, Zechariah and Mary, and Elizabeth, sorry, had a choice to follow. They didn't have to choose. Zechariah enters into the temple. He's muted because he doesn't believe what the angel's going to say. And in their old age, they give birth to John the Baptist. 
And then we have Mary, who the angel comes down to Mary and says, you're going to give birth. Mary had a choice to say, oh, no thanks. Don't want anything to do with that. But instead, Mary says, let it be as it is said, it will be. Joseph has a choice to divorce and actually has decided to choose not to follow and to divorce his wife until the angel appears. And when the angel appears to him in his sleep, he woke and did as the angel told him and took Mary as his wife. Now we come to the shepherds in the field. And could you imagine the shepherds? See, there's many debates today. There's much debate, I should say, today about who the shepherds really were. See, in in general, shepherds were not always the most well-to-do people in the community. Shepherds were often the ones who chose to be out in the field. They weren't always the cleanest. They were stinky because they were with their sheep. They're out in the field. They worked long hours all night long making sure that their sheep would not be uh, would not be destroyed or killed by animals and other things. And so they took care of them and they did these things. The debate today in the theological world that it doesn't really matter is whether the shepherds were actually shepherds or were they priests who were serving God by managing and taking care of the sacrificial sheep that the temple would use. Regardless, it takes someone with great patience, great skill, and a choice to stay up all night long with their sheep. I'm laughing as I look over here because I know Lucas and Logan and Christy and all of these guys who raise sheep know exactly what I'm talking about. There are late nights when the sheep come on and, uh, isn't that funny? Uh, right? I'll be here all day, thanks. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but there are late nights, right? There are late nights when your animals get sick. There's late nights when things come a-calling and come attacking, and you have to defend, and you have to do all of those things. But it takes effort to do these things. The shepherds were out in the field, and they were doing exactly what they were called to do. They're taking care of their flock at night. They're doing the very thing that they were called to do. And then something amazing happened to them. They received a message that needs to be proclaimed. A message from heaven that came down to them. I find it interesting that the angels and and God himself chose the shepherds to be the very first one. You know, this is the very first grand uh, birth announcement, right? Have you ever received a birth announcement? Someone's really excited about giving birth and, you know, you run around and you see these old postcards that come and look at our new bundle of joy, blah, 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 and all this stuff. Sorry, Corey, but whatever happens is never going to beat this, all right? You know, you can try all you want, Corey. When, when that second baby comes, it's not going to match up to this, all right? Uh, maybe you can talk to God and he'll send you some angels, okay? Um, but this is, a grand, this is a grand birth announcement. The angels appear in the field. Let's read this verse and then we'll pray and uh, jump in. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in a swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this grand message that you brought to the shepherds, but also brought to each and every one of us. Lord, we pray that today we can learn from the story of the shepherds that there is this message to be proclaimed, that we all can go out and proclaim this message, and that we can learn from the shepherds. Father, help us today in this place to follow you, to understand how grand of a message this really is, how amazing this not only story, but what has happened to us really is. Help us to appreciate what it means to have Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done, all that you will do in our lives, Father. I pray that today this message can bring you glory, Father, that my words would not be my own, but they would truly be yours, and that you would lead and guide us. Remove any hindrances from our minds that keep us from hearing from you and your Holy Spirit today. Bring us wisdom, Holy Spirit, we ask. We give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Could you imagine, just for a moment, you're out doing your job. You know, today, there's not a lot of shepherds today. There are some, as we said, but there's not a lot of shepherds. But could you imagine if you're just sitting in your job, doing your own little job? You know, uh, I think of, like, Jason and, and others that work from home. Could you imagine sitting there in your home, you're doing your job, and then all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears before you? That would be amazing, right? Could you imagine just doing your job? Maybe you're in a factory, maybe you're in an office and you're just doing that and all of a sudden shown around you as, an, as a, uh, a chorus of angels singing. I mean, this would be an amazing story in its own right. Anthony, I would say it wouldn't be amazing if you're driving a truck that would happen, but that's not what we want to happen, right? We don't want the truck to go off the side of the road, right? Pull off the side of the road and, and be amazed by the angels, okay? Just make sure. But there is this amazing thing that happens, and there's, there's things that we have to understand in this story that we have to take for, we got to take to heart. The angels are amazing. They were out in the region, and there were shepherds out in the field, as, as the verse says, keeping watch over their flock by night. What that means is that they are doing the job that they were called to do. This is just regular folk doing their regular job, doing what God had called them to do. They were, they were shepherds, and so therefore they were doing what they were supposed to do. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, I don't know about you, but I have to imagine, again, if an angel visits me on my job, well, I pray that an angel visits me every day on my job, right? But if you're in your job and that happens, I can imagine being filled with a little fear. I can imagine the the anticipation, the, the nervousness they would feel, because they're asking themselves, just like Mary asked shortly before this, is what kind of greeting is this? It's not too often that in Scripture do you find that an angel visits them and something good happens. Sometimes an angel of the Lord appeared to, to bring on wrath. Sometimes an angel of the Lord brought on the prophecy of what's going to happen. And so when an angel of the Lord appears, the question is, is this a good message or is this a bad message? But what we find here in this story is that the shepherds here this message. 
This message is a message that came directly from God. God is bringing this message down to them. The uh, Jesus is being born in this in the manger, and what they are doing is they are hearing for the first time that this angel, the angel is telling them for the first time that Jesus is now born. Now this is also to go along with this bright star that has been shining on where Jesus was going to be born. The circumstances of this birth are extraordinary. But the message is even more extraordinary. The message that they receive, that the shepherds receive, are that in the field that night, there was a sign for them that a Savior, verse 11, for unto us is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I want to pause there just for a moment. The shepherds knew the magnitude of this message My question to you is, do you understand the magnitude of this message today? Because the magnitude of this message is not wearing off by every year that passes. It's 2,000 plus some years since Jesus walked the face of this earth and was born on this earth. But the magnitude has not diminished in any way, shape, or form. The magnitude of what Jesus did that night is still in our hearts and should be the most important message that you and I all hear. It should be a message that rings inside of us that today in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord was born for us. See, sometimes I think we forget the magnitude of that message because we live in a time that's so far removed from the day that it actually happens. We forget that Jesus still dies and comes to this earth for our sin, that he died upon a cross for you and I. And it's not without his birth do we not, we don't have the cross if we don't have the manger. Do you understand that? We don't have forgiveness of our sins and eternity in heaven if we don't have Jesus who came down to this earth and lived on this earth. We must all understand that this day a Savior was born for us. This message is an important message that we must grasp a hold of with all of our heart and all of our soul. This isn't just a normal baby announcement. This is, as I said, a birth announcement that's going to change everything. The shepherds are stunned because they've been waiting for a Savior to come. They've been living in a life that's been difficult. They're waiting for someone to come and free them from captivity. They've been under this Roman rule. They're thinking that the Savior is coming. The Savior, when you hear the word Savior to them, to you and I, when we think of the word Savior, it doesn't have the same connotation that it had for them. For them to hear the word Savior means that there is someone who has come to save them. Now that might be simple, but for us, the depth of that is lost compared to them. The depth of what, when they heard that word Savior, meant that everything that they had been waiting for, hundreds of years of hearing and, and, and seeing this prophecy being passed down from family to family has now come true. And now they have someone who's going to save them. We must understand that this message is not just a simple message. The angels use this word, Christ the Lord. The word Christ the Lord actually means anointed or Messiah. So when the angels hear that Christ the Lord, the Savior, has come today, what they are hearing is that there's an anointed one, the Messiah, the Master, has come. They immediately understand 
that this is not just a normal baby. This is not just going to be a Roman citizen who takes control and becomes a governor or something like that. They immediately understand that this is the anointed one, the one who is a special, the one who is on top, the king of kings, the prince of peace, the everlasting father. All of these things, all of these ideas come rushing into their head because now they know that Christ the Lord is with them today. Today, the question for us is, does Christ the Lord, the message, mean the same to us as what it meant to them? When I say Christ the Lord, what does that mean to you? Does Jesus mean anything to you today? Does he actually change your heart so much so that the message that you're receiving is the greatest message that you've ever heard today? Or has the notoriety worn off a little bit? We find ourselves in a culture where Christianity is not as popular as it once was. We find ourselves in a culture where we try to find the answer in everything else. We're trying to find the answer in science. We're trying to find the answer in politics. We're trying to find the answer in finances. We're trying to find the answer everywhere else other than the very answer that was given to us. For thousands of years, we have been moving away from Christ the Lord instead of towards him. And today, the question for all of us in this room is, where are we at in this message? Where are you at? Is this the most important message that you still have ever heard? Does it still resonate inside your heart saying that my Christ, my Lord, my Savior, my Master, my Messiah has been born for me and that he is not only born for me, but he died on a cross. I keep pointing to the cross because it used to be over here, but it's over there. In case you're wondering, I'm not pointing to some poinsettia over there or whatever. (laughs) We find ourselves too often not knowing that this message is as important or allowing this message to resonate inside of us. See, when Jesus came to this earth, he changed everything. It wasn't just a pretty scene in a nativity with angels and and camels and cows and sheep and all of the stuff. Those are wonderful stories, and it makes for a beautiful picture on the top of of a, a fireplace. But all of that's true. Jesus actually came, and he actually is Christ the Lord. He actually is the anointed one. He actually is the Messiah. He actually is the chosen one. He is actually the one who's going to come to save you. He is your Savior. Has this message changed you at all? Has your relationship with Jesus changed you in any shape, way, or form? Has it caused you to take a hard look and say, listen, I think my life has to change. Not because I'm under some kind of uh, duty to do that. I'm under a relationship with Jesus. See, too often we get so worried about having salvation, having people win their salvation to Christ. We want them to accept Jesus and we want them to do all those things and those are wonderful things and we should seek those things. But at the end of the day, what's most important is that how has that relationship changed you? I love my wife because of the relationship we have together. We do nice things for each other. We we love each other and we're learning and growing and trying to love each other even more every single day. Is the same for you in your relationship with God? Do you ask every morning when you wake up, can I, well, how can I love God even more than I did the day before? What can I do today? Has his love, has his heart changed me? Has him being my savior changed me? Or am I just the same as I was before? 
Maybe today this message has not received you at all. Maybe you're here today and you've never had a relationship with Jesus. May I tell you, if today becomes that day, don't end it today. Don't just accept Jesus because he gives you eternity in heaven. Accept Jesus because he wants to have a relationship and he wants to change you. See, I'm, when I think about this, I think churches and Christianity should change not only us and everyone who sets with inside the building, but it should change the whole community. It should change the city. As Christians become closer to God and God blesses them, then we should in turn turn out that blessing to others and it should change them. And as they are changed, then guess what? Whole communities, schools, and, and areas are changed completely. It is what has happened over the course of thousands of years But today, what we often do is we find ourselves allowing that change to happen to us, but then we stop it. We don't go outside of these walls. We don't take the message outside to change our community. We don't try hard to go in and do the things that we should be doing to share Christ with others, to share this wonderful difference that God has made inside of us. We're called to do that, and the shepherds did that. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and, and continue reading. Let's continue reading in Luke chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When the angels went away from them in heaven, meaning the angels stopped their singing. I mean, again, could you imagine? That must have been a heck of a concert, right? I mean, I've been to some really good concerts, you know, but this must have been a heck of a concert. I wonder if they played uh, guitars and drums and all of that stuff, you know. I, I could just see that. I mean, it would have been amazing to see that. But the angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Really? No fake. Really? Okay. That's that's probably a good idea, right? We just had an angel come down and tell us about this. Then we had a whole host of angels come in and sing and do this concert for us. At the end of that concert, oh, yeah, I guess we'll go see what's going on, man. Yeah. Uh, For some reason, somehow, now... The Bible is perfect, and there's no, there's no error in the Bible at all. But this is just one of these places where I think that this was understated in great, in great terms, right? But they decided to go over to Bethlehem to see what this thing that has happened. And then they do something that's really interesting. Scripture says that they went with haste. This word haste, is, it seems interesting, but what this means, when you see this word haste and you do a word search on this, haste is not just... Oh, let's walk a little quickly, right? My wife accuses me when we're in the store of walking too quickly. This isn't that kind of haste. We're talking full out, flat out, sprinting as fast as they can to find out what's going on. This word haste means they ran as quickly as possible. But what I find interesting about all of this is that the angels said, let's go see what has happened. You know what they're looking for? They're looking for confirmation. And I don't blame them, right? An angel of the Lord appears to them. They're hearing this story. They're looking for confirmation. They're looking to see what was really, did, did this really happen? Could you imagine? Sometimes when you experience something so grand that it happens, you just got to pause there and go, did that really happen? Did that really just happen? 
I mean, I asked that question a couple weeks ago when I went running out the door, right? Uh, for those that don't know, I got sick in the middle of preaching a sermon a couple weeks ago, and I had to run out the door. But I did. I, it was so funny. I got home that night, and I said, did that really happen? Did I really? Yeah. But sometimes something so grand happens that we just stop and go, did that really happen? Have you ever experienced something in your life that causes you to be so different that you just pause, you got to pause and you just got to take a break and you got to take a step back for a moment and go, am I dreaming? You know, you're pinching yourself and asking yourself, is this real? Is this really happening? Is this truly happening? The angels were looking for that. They were looking for that confirmation. So they weren't running to see what was going on. There was no second guessing. There was no, oh, I think we'll go. You know what? They left everything they had. Now, if you're not, if you don't understand this, you have to understand that they, when I say they left everything they had, they left everything they had in that field that night. Shepherds, by trade, have all of their money, all of their resources, everything they own, wrapped up in an animal. In animals, I should say. If those animals are killed while they're gone, if those animals decide to run off while they're gone, guess what? They're out that money. Their whole entire living is wrapped up inside of what is in those animals. And so when the shepherds decide with haste to run as fast as they can and go to this place, what they are doing is saying, I don't care about what I have. I don't care about anything else. I am leaving it all out in that field and I'm going to see what happens. See, too often when we have an experience with God, what we want to do is we want to say, oh, God, I I know you're real. I know that was an amazing experience, but I just can't leave yet because I have this, or I have that, or I have this excuse, or I have that excuse, or I have this, oh, my, I can't cancel on myself again. That's crazy. You know, like the Grinch and, uh, never mind, I watched too much Christmas movies this week, so... (laughs) But we come up with every excuse we can... But they left everything they owned out in that field because that's how important the message was for them. There was nothing else that was in, there was nothing else that was more important to them than to go get confirmation and to see what this thing that they had been told was. And so they ran as quickly as possible to receive not only that confirmation, but to see what Jesus, is Jesus really there? Was he really in the manger? Listen, I think it's oftentimes we seek confirmation, but we seek it in our own terms. We want confirmation the way that I want it. You know, I, how many times have we prayed to God and said, God, you've you got to move in my life, and this is exactly the way you've got to move. And then God moves in a different direction, and you're like, but God, I'm praying for you to move in this way. God's like, I moved over here. No, he reminds me of the story. Ever hear the story of the man who um, was in a flood and... The flood was rising around his house and the emergency worker came in a boat and said, come on, your house is flooding, come out. No, no, that's okay, God will save me. I'm praying that God will save me. The flood continued to rise and the next thing we hear is a helicopter comes by and they're yelling out to the guy, come on, get on the helicopter, I'm here to save you. No, that's okay, the Lord's going to save me. And then pretty soon the man is swept away from the water and he enters into the gates of heaven, and he goes, God, I was praying, why didn't you save me? Well, I sent you a boat, I sent you a helicopter, what else do you want? Right? How many times do we do that? We look for God to move exactly the way we want him to move, instead of moving in this way. The shepherds 
were looking for a savior, but the savior that they were looking for was someone that was going to come and overthrow the government. And instead, what do they get? They get a savior born in a manger, a little baby. That had to have been shocking to them, but they left everything still because the angels told them to go because a savior was born that day. We must understand that the message that Jesus brings to us in the manger is one that is for us as well. And it requires us sometimes to walk away from everything we have. Sometimes you have to walk away from those things that you think is good. Anything that pulls you away from him is something that we need to walk away from. Sometimes we have to be willing to leave everything behind and say, I'm willing to go forward with you, Lord. I'm willing to do what you are asking me to do. I'm coming and I'm running with haste after you. I'm going as fast as I can because that is what I need to do. What I love about the shepherds and what I want to encourage you today is to become a shepherd. The shepherds understood the message. Now, Christy, I know you're already a shepherd, so don't take that literally, right? Okay. But the shepherds are amazing. Because we find, and I don't have this verse, but I'm going to read it from Scripture because I think it's very important. We find what happens shortly after they find the angel, or they find Jesus. They go and they... It says that in verse 16, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them that night. The shepherds, not only with haste, go running towards Jesus to find Jesus. But what is the very first thing they do? They begin to tell a story about how God has changed their lives forever. The shepherds were the very first ones to have a testimony of Jesus changing their lives. Do you understand that? All all of us in this room, Jesus hopefully has changed your life somehow. And if he has, what are you doing with that message? Are you sharing testimonies? Are you running out to tell all who would hear, all who will listen about what's going on and how Jesus has changed your life? Are you telling him how, are you telling people how he has changed you, what he has done for you? Listen, we all have a message to share in this room. We all have a message of God changing our hearts. God changes our hearts so that we can share with him the glory of who he is so we can have a relationship with him. But it's not for us to then just sit on it and be quiet. It's for us to run out those doors and go into the community and tell our neighbors and tell our family members and tell those all around us, anyone who will listen to us, how wonderful Jesus is and what he did for us. It is the message that he has given to us. We are called to be loud shepherds that share the message, not to sit on it and not to be quiet and not to do anything. See, too often we have all been changed by the message of Jesus. Too often we find this life being different for us, and then what do we do with it? If you're not allowing your faith to change you and for you to share that message, then what are you doing with it? We get, too, we get so wrapped up in ourselves that we think that there's someone else will tell someone else. Someone else will tell the person. 
I wish Pat was here because uh, I could share a story. We, uh, you know, Pat and I and, and Chad go to uh, Dunkin' Donuts almost every Thursday. Yes, that's why I have my stomach. But, uh, but there's a, <laughs> you know, every every week that we're there, there's a there's someone there that with us. I won't use his name because I don't. I haven't got approval to share this story with him, but <clears throat> I watch our friend Pat every every week walk in, and he greets this man who's there. Almost, I mean, he's he. Let, let me put it this way: he's at Duncan more than any of you guys are at church. Let me put it that way. Okay, <laughs> could use the word religiously, but I won't say that. <laughs> but yep, and every week, our dear friend Pat goes up to him and says. Hey, can I pray for you? And every week the guy goes, ha, 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 no, I'm okay. Pat's like, well, we're going to pray for you anyway, so if there's something you want us to pray for, we will. When the first few times he did this, I was kind of, I just sat back and watched Pat do this, right? You know, and I kind of chuckled as Cheddar Man and I were sitting there, and as Pat's having this conversation, we're just sitting back and we're watching, and I didn't say much, and the man didn't say much to Pat. You know, but over the course of weeks, this man has now, he at, when I walk into Duncan without Pat, he goes, where's Pat? That's the very first thing he says. I'm like, I don't know, he's sick today, you know, he's not going to be here. And he looks at me, just this morning it happened, I went to Duncan Donuts, he was there, I walked in, and he goes, where's Pat? Pat's sick, he's a little under the weather. Oh, well, tell him I hope he feels better. Tell him I'll pray for him, that's what he said this morning. I said, Really? I said, okay, I'll be happy to tell him that. This man has been changed because our dear friend Pat talks to him every time we're in there. The message that God has given to you isn't just for you to resonate in your own soul. It's for you to share with others. If we don't open our mouth and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others and tell them how important he was to us, who's going to tell them? If you don't allow your life to be different, God has uniquely placed you in positions in your life where you have people around you, whether it's at school, whether it's on your job, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your neighborhood. God uniquely places you in the place where you are at today for you to speak a difference in someone else's life. But we have to open our mouth and do that. We have a message that has been given to us and we're called to be like the shepherds and to run with haste and share that message with others. I tell you to be like a shepherd because the shepherd's life was a simple life. I know we don't all live simple lives. I get that. But the shepherd's life isn't just being simple. It's that they had a message to share. That they ran out to share this message. They weren't going to let anything hold them back. They weren't going to let their sheep out in the field, their, their finances, their, their retirement plan, all of those things. You know, how often do we get all wrapped up in those things that we forget that were placed just this week? I'll give you a, I was so wrapped up in making sure these families got their gifts and we got all these things together and we were packing all these bags and we're giving these toys away to these parents that as we, the first family came and I said, here's all your gifts and I'm all excited and we're packing the bags into the car and as the family leaves, my wife looks at me and she goes, 
what are we here for? And I said, what do you mean? We're here to bless these people with, with toys and stuff like that. And she looks at me and, and yes, yeah, she convicted me. That's what wives, good wives do. She goes, we should be praying for them. What if, the, what if they don't know Jesus? What if they don't have a relationship with him? And I'm like, ah, you're right. Struck me. The gifts mean absolutely nothing compared to the gift of Jesus Christ that we could give to them. And what we did was every single person, every time we brought a bag, every time they came in, we stopped and we said, listen, we're going to give you these toys, but we really want to pray for you. How can we pray for you right now, right here? Some of them had things to pray. I don't know. Others just, I don't know. I don't know. Don't pray for me. Or you can pray for me. None of them said, don't pray for me. I should say, none of them said, I don't have anything for you to pray for. And so we would just pray a general prayer. But listen, if we're not sharing what Jesus has done for us, then what's the purpose of the season? Christmas is a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time of giving and getting gifts. It's a wonderful time of Christmas trees and lighting candles and poinsettias and snow that... Well, I happen to like snow, so I'm a, little, I'm a weird one. So, But Christmas is this wonderful season, but the truth of what happened that day still resonates and should resonate in all of us. So the question that I ask you is can you be a shepherd? Can you be like the shepherds? Can you run without haste? Can you not get wrapped up in your belongings and get wrapped up in all of your life that you forget that you have a message to share? Over the coming week, I'm sure you're going to be in the grocery store. I'm sure you're going to be in stores. I'm sure you're going to be doing all of these things. But the question I have to ask you is, will you not allow your life to get so busy and so overwhelming that you forget that you're a shepherd? That you're called to be like the shepherds, the ones who go out and to share the message of Jesus Christ. That you would remember and that you would with haste make it important for you to share that message about what he has done. If he's changed you, then let, it, let others be known. Let others know that. Let others know that Jesus has changed your life. Pray for them. Be kind to them. Love them. Share with them something that they're not getting today. The world around us is not doing that. The world around us is doing anything but being a shepherd. The shepherds listened, they investigated, they rejoiced, and they glorified. This is the type of person God wants us to be. The one who shares the good news of Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Simply want to ask you this question today. What has caused you to be so wrapped up that you forget the message of Jesus? The truth of the matter is that we all have something going on in our life. Sicknesses, cold, worrying about our jobs, worrying about our finances, worrying about anything that's happening. This is a season when life seems to take a hold and overcomes us in all many different ways. But the truth of the matter is, is that you and I have a wonderful message. We, if you're here today and you know who Jesus Christ is and he's made a difference in your life, then you have a God who is with you. And the question that I ask is, how has that message changed you? Have you allowed life and the busyness of the season and all of the things that are going on to take control and overcome you in those ways? If it has, put a pause to it. Pause for a moment. God is the God of peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Pause. Take a deep breath. 
step back and say, what is, what is the most important thing today? I know the first answer for a lot of us would be, God is the most important thing to me. Well, is it really? Does your life reflect that? If you look back on your last week, in the last week or two, has God really been reflected as the most important thing in your life? Or has something else been more important? Everything we do, we can do with a purpose to serve God. Whether that's working on our job, whether that's sharing the gospel with those around us, whether that's just loving on our neighbors or loving on the people in the, in the line at Dunkin' Donuts. We're called to be shepherds that run with haste to share the message of Jesus. Will you stand with me, please? Perhaps you're here today and you don't know what it means, or maybe you're watching at home online and you don't know what it means to have God with us. You've never had that relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never said, Lord, come into my heart, come into my soul, be part of me. Let me walk or let me run with haste like the shepherds do. Maybe perhaps today you're facing an insurmountable thing in front of you and you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. Well, yes, that's true. On our own, we can't overcome any of these things. But Jesus comes and walks beside us and helps us overcome those things in our life. Whether they're finances, whether they're health, whether they're relationship, it doesn't matter. God is with us. Emmanuel, that's the beauty of Isaiah 9, verse 6. It's the beauty of the story of the nativity that God chose to leave earth and come down and be with us. If that's true and you're here today and you've never experienced God with us, it's as simply as just saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be with me. Guide me. Strengthen me. Help me. Lord, I need your help today. I'm facing whatever I'm facing and I need your help. you're here today and you've said those words that's not the end that's just the beginning if you're here today and you've already said those words and perhaps maybe life has taken you in a different direction maybe life has caused you to forget the salvation message of jesus christ and you've done everything else but follow him you've done everything else but have god with us then today can you remind yourself to be like a shepherd lord i pray today that each and every one of us can learn from the shepherds to run after you without haste, running as fast as we can, as much as we can to grab a hold of you. Father, during this season, help us not to be consumed with everything around us, but let us instead be consumed with you. Holy Spirit, come, guide us, give us the wisdom that we need to overcome these things in our lives. Lord, I pray for healing for those that need healing. I pray for peace for those that need peace. May they seek it from you, Father as the shepherds did. And then may we learn also from the shepherds that this isn't a message that you and I should keep, but we should instead, Lord, go out and share with others. So give us the opportunities, Father, to run as the shepherds ran and share with anyone that will hear, anyone that will listen, the message of how Jesus Christ has changed our lives. Lord, we glorify you, we honor you, and we thank you for this day and every day. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.
lines in myself at a loss for words and a thought of that's so okay. The last yes, thing I need is to be but to be hearing the message that you have for us. Help us to hear from the angels. Help us to have dreams and visions as Joseph had. Help us to hear the message clearly as Mary did. Help us to hear the message as Zechariah did. Help us to hear all of these things, but help us not then to be quiet, but help us to run as fast as we can to share the message with those around us. Father, I pray for opportunities for all of us in this room this week as we enter into this amazing week of Christmas when we'll be with families and loved ones as we'll be sharing the joy of the season. May we also share in the message of what this season is about. May we not forget that you came to be with us and that you are with us. Help us today, Father, to share that message 
as the shepherds shared, let us go as they did and share with anyone that will listen the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. I pray that you'd be with each and every one of us. Bless our weeks, Father. I pray a blessing over everybody that's here, that's watching at home online. We just pray that you'd be with us, that you would guide us, that you would strengthen us, and that you would bring healing where healing's needed, and that you would touch us and always and be with us. We glorify you, Father. We honor you. We praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. We hope to see you again next on Saturday at 6 o'clock for Christmas Eve. God bless you all. Happy birthday.